0: Paul's been stabbed and you're trying to solve the case and everyone's got it in for Bolton. They all think it's his fault, you know? And, well, it was really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But there's that lovely scene you, you, you have with, with Quinnon's sister and you break down and no one else sees that. It's just a lovely character moment for Bolton where he, he is devastated by the fact that Quinnen might have brain damage, even if he pulls through. And then, of course, in the station, every, it's called Eyes Everywhere, the episode.
1: Everyone's yeah, remember, staring at you. I remember. You have
0: a yeah. great scene with Hugh Higginson, where like, he oh, wants to beat you up. And, and Hugh,
1: you... Hugh is Hugh is one of my favourite actors in the world. And I didn't get many chances to do stuff with him. But when I did, it was just... He, he, is, he is an amazing actor, Hugh Higginson. Well, they all were. You know, Mark Wingett's an amazing actor. Andy Paul. Andy Paul is a fantastic actor. You know, that was the joy of it, really, is you got to work with people that you really admired and respected, who gave it their all, you know, and, and they cared. And that's... Someone once said to me, if you're an actor, there are basically three things that can keep you in a job. Is the money good? Are the people good? Or is the work good? Now, if you've got two out of those three, you can do the job. You know, it does, if the money's not good, but the people are good and the work's good, you can handle it. If the people are awful, but the work's good and they're paying you, fine. But you need at least two out of the three. But at the bill, it was you had all three. You know, and um, that, that was that and I think I think the other thing that really worked about it as a show was the original idea of the show was whenever you watched it, you would be looking at something from the perspective of a policeman, so that you would feel what it felt like t- to do the job that job and I think that's when the when the program honored that idea it was it that's what made it unique so the real policemen every day can't do their job without putting on some kind of personal psychological armor you can't you can't do that unless you you tough yourself up which means that's not actually who you really are and what I loved in the bill was when they showed people. Uh, with the mask on and then you got to see them backstage with the mask off and you realized, Oh my goodness, that's the, there's the full story there. And I I, th- I think that's what people loved about the show is they could get to feel what it felt like. And for us, the biggest compliment was when someone who was in the police and we met them socially or whatever, and they'd say, yeah, that's what it's like. That's when we felt like we'd nailed it is if, if we could hold the mirror up accurately, that was the that was the thing.
0: Well, just before that scene um, in that episode with, with Hugh, uh, you know, Bolton's found his star witness. She just needs to identify uh, Ian Puston Davis. Yeah, lovely it. actor again. Amazing. Yeah. And she bottles it. And you can see how gutted you are, but you, you've, he's got to say that, um, you know, no, it's all right. You did your best. And you know, he doesn't mean it. You know, he's gutted. And then, you see her off and Hugh pushes you and you've got this great line, which just bottled up danger. You just say, I've only got about 20 seconds of civility left in me.
1: I've got, I've got they, The script writers were great. Oh, the
0: they, nailed, they nailed your character from me off, didn't they? Because he was just...
1: Well, a Matt, tri- Matt, was a tri- Matt Winger is a great writer. A yeah. lot of the writers on that show were really good writers and... You know, you got you got some good stuff to get your teeth into. That was, yeah. Did you ever fancy writing one yourself? Um, no, I mean, I I think some of the actors did go back and direct a few. Yeah, I I I, I, I could always I could always handle directing. Mm. But the writing thing seems to me to be almost miraculous. I've no idea. I don't have that ability, but some people do to write the whole thing, and I I just that's beyond my ken. It's um,
0: amazing when you think it was. Over two and a half thousand episodes
1: made. Really, know? that's yeah. just astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, that is that is absolutely astonishing. Flipping out.
0: Were you more of a fan of the half hour or the hour long format?
1: I, well, I like both of them. I, I like the half hour because there was no waste. You got thirty minutes, but the nature of it was it did constrain a bit of subtlety. You just had to do so much, so much plot in order to get to the juice. Whereas the hour, and then when they did hours over three or four episodes, just gave you a bit more room to paint a bigger picture. But the, the joy of the I suppose it's the difference between a single and an album. You're old enough to remember what that is. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, there's nothing wrong with a good 45, but sometimes you need a bit of an album, you know? Yeah. First single you ever bought? Round Sugar by the Rolling Stones.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's cooler than mine.
1: Yeah, it was, I didn't realise how bad the lyrics were until many years later.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. How they got away with it, how they still (laughs) get away with it, I've no idea. No idea. I think it's everyone just feels sorry for Keith now, the fact that he's still able to walk. (laughs) No one's going to... Someone once said to me the other day, we need to start thinking about the kind of world we want to leave behind for Keith Richards. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You mentioned subtlety, then one of my favourite, um, you know, because I'm I'm across all the Bill Facebook pages and all that, and uh, someone wrote about John Bolton and said uh, John Bolton was about as subtle as toilet paper wrapped in barbed wire.
1: <laughs> Ow!
0: Ow! I think it's 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 when you've actually turned up to nick a villain at uh the villain's brother's funeral <laughs> you know uh, oh, wow. <laughs> you, you know it's just and you're just staring at this guy you're gonna nick throughout the service and, and libby's nudging you saying no sing the hymn and bolton's just eyeballing this guy because he just wants to nick him he doesn't doesn't care about the the you know the emotional turmoil they could all be going through he just wants to bag his villain
1: i think the jo- the joy of it was i mean there's a sense of justice you know that and he's going to get it anyway. Any but the joy of playing is I'd never do that in real life. You know, i just kind of agonize over how people would feel. And, and the joy of actually playing Carrie just doesn't care. It's crazy. You, know, you, just, get to, you just get to experience. But, but the consequences are awful. But I suppose that a lot of people um, feel this sort of sense that the bad guys get away with it. So they like the bad guys getting the comeuppance. So I think um, I unfortunately got, got a type of fan that I didn't want. You know, I thought I was showing how bad it was to be like this. Right. Actually, a lot of people quite liked it. Yeah. So that was, a, that was a little bit of a um, wake-up call in some way. Yeah.
0: Well, people love to love the anti-hero, don't they? You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. All those famous characters in the bill the most popular characters you know you're following in tony scannell's ted roach footsteps they love they love the flawed hero you know and he 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 had no filter did he bolton you know it was uh, right or right or wrong either way i don't care it's result
1: yeah uh, yeah
0: and uh, it's, it's phenomenal it, was always, it always
1: it only ever worked i mean all of our characters were it was very carefully thought through and choreographed. But the idea is you, you all bring something else to a storyline and, and a different sort of tension. So um, you know, whatever, whatever, it, whatever your through line was, whatever the thing was you'd, you, you'd, um, you'd got hold of, you allowed each other to play off each other. Sorry, just remember Libby. I mean, um, so Roughton was, was just, um, her character was all about doing the right thing to the point of sacrifice. So she would always put her own, that character's always put their own neck on the block. Whereas my character would always put someone else's neck on the block. So that created a tension between those two characters. So what's interesting is the tension in the relationship.
0: Yeah, you and she had uh, Paul Bettany in, I think, his first ever telly.
1: Bloody hell, Some, didn't he uh, really?
0: Yeah, he's, he, he's um, got a youth club, basketball players oh yeah 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 and there's this cringe scene where bolton is trying to appeal to the better nature of these kids and he just knows that they've got zero respect for him <laughs> and he goes through the motions and then he's just like we're not going to get anything out of this lot you know but he he has to do it he has to play it by the book on this occasion and he just yeah. just see the the contempt of even having the conversation with his kids because you just want to nick them all. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. That's it, really. That's it. I really. mean, what's like when you think back, describe a day in the life of making an episode from your perspective. Like, where were you in your life and, and how did you get to Merton? And, and like, take us back to making an episode.
1: It was pretty brutal, to be honest, because I used to live in North London and, and it's filmed South London. So, so getting there was, was a pain in the ass. You know, you see, you're on the tube for an hour and a half to get there. An hour and a half back, and if you film twelve-hour days and you do that for three months, you start yeah. to, you know, you just start to fall apart a bit. Um, so I bought a scooter, so I went through a mod phase. Well, that was great. I, then I really enjoyed getting to work, you know, because you just go for a ride. Um, but you know, you'd you'd be there in the morning. You'd you'd sort your cosy out. You'd get your script for the day. Every day you had to spend at least about an hour learning lines. And then you just start shooting and what was happening is you'd shoot an episode out of sequence and sometimes you had two or three on the go at the same time so in your head you had to stick with the script and know in your own mind what the storyline was because you need to know where you are in relationship to everyone else so it was kind of it was it was mentally taxing so then you do that frankly at the end of the day you'd need you'd need to hang out in the pub for a bit and decompress. <laughs> And then you go home. So what happened is everyone you're working with become your family. Right. Lovely. So After two or three years, you're just tight, you know, and it's, um, it's a very difficult show to leave. I can imagine. Very difficult show because, y- y- yeah. And, and what was bizarre about it is I didn't realize how popular it was when I was in it. So, wow. so you know, I was just a job. And then I, I, I remember there was, so three or four years in, I sort of became aware people were looking at me in a shop and then there was one day I was in Tesco's or something getting something, and this old lady came up with a with a granny bag and an umbrella, and she started hitting me. And I went, "Whoa, whoa!" said, "You naughty boy! I saw what you did to him the other day. It was the moral dilemma. How dare you?" Thank you. Oh, oh! Oh, flipping heck! People are actually watching this. Wow. Uh, so, so that was the moment when I thought, "Oh, flipping heck! This is this means something to people." Then shortly after that. I saw someone being mugged at a bus stop and I just shouted at them and went, Oi! Like that. Two really big guys in the mug and they just ran away.
0: No, that's fantastic. And I
1: I walked up to the guys, a little guy who was saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just thought, what the hell did I just do? And Mm. because I was playing Bolton like 12 hours a day. (laughs) Yeah. If you see bad guys, you just, you know, it was just Pavlovian. Oh, I love it. Um, And I just thought, What the hell did I think I was going to do? They would have battered me. And then I just realized they must have thought I was a policeman. You know, in the back of their mind. They must have assumed I was a fed. And I had an asp on me or something. I don't know. But I... And that was the moment when I went, I need to think about maybe do I stay in the show? Because I'm actually turning into him. (laughs) I'd like my life back now. So it was like a... Yeah, yeah. It can, it can, the line between you and the character you play can get a bit ambiguous sometimes. And when that starts happening, you've got to, you've got to give yourself a talking to. So.
0: It seems to me, though, you were, you were making opportunities for yourself at the time. Didn't you set up a production company with a few of the guys? And... Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, It was with Hugh and Mark and Tom Butcher. And there was a play yeah. I'd always wanted to direct. And I remember one night after a show we'd been filming. We were just desperate to get back on stage again. And I went to, lads, does this play any perfect casting for it? And so we got in my dressing room, we just read the play, and we just pissed ourselves laughing for about two hours, like hysterical. And we just thought, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. So we ended up uh, in our Christmas holidays working out a way that we could do it at a fringe theatre in London. So, uh, And uh, the, the TV company were really I mean, supportive because they got it, that if as actors we were happy, we'd be good in our jobs. And so we took our own holidays to do it, put our own money into it. We made a profit, which is bizarre. No one had ever done that on the fringe before. And the, um, the, the design crew on the bill said, what's this plane doing? And we, we told them, we said, can we build your set? Well, of course you can. So we moved into the old Red line to do it. And all these amazing carpenters, like the, the crews on the bill were unbelievable, how fast they could work. And they got in and in two hours they built our set. And the people in the fringe went, who are those people? We've never seen anyone do that that quick. We just had like the best set they'd ever had. <laughs> like in two hours. And then, and, and then they all came and saw the show, which is, so it was like, a, it was a labor of love. So we did this show uh, and it went down very, very well. And we loved it. And then when I was leaving the show and Hugh had left the show and Tom had left the show, we were approached by a wonderful Australian producer called Christine Dunstan. And she said, boys, would you like to bring it over and we could tour it? And at the time, Mark was staying in the bill, so we swapped roles. He directed it; I played the role, and I, I left the bill and went on tour to Australia for a bit. Um, and it, that was that was great because it was like it was like uh, best of both worlds. Bit of theatre, lads you love working with, and you were close, and you could you could play off each other. But a completely different thing. We were playing guys set in Texas, so it was all of that. And uh,
0: it's this Lone Star. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a really and it was a comedy. But um, of course, what makes things really funny is telling the truth. So it's about the relationship between these two characters. So, so Hugh and I were able to kind of do that chemistry stuff. And Tom, oh. Tom is not met, because of his character Loxton, I don't think people realise what an amazing comedy actor he was. Like he's one of the best in terms of comedic timing. So we, we just had the time of our lives. Really, we, we toured Australia, did a did a show that we loved, and it was a great way to come off that show. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was it was good fun.
0: And it was your decision to leave the bill.
1: If I didn't leave at that point, I was just going to stay till the end. So you have to make a choice, you know, I've done it. I'm very grateful for the time I've had there, but do I want something else? And, you know, I did want to have a go at other work. And so, um, I was, I was fortunate enough, uh, to be written out really, really well. I mean, I, you know, and I always got on well with the producers, and I just said, Look, this is what I'm thinking. And they said, Look, we'd like a bit of time to write you out. And I went, Absolutely. I want to honor the, you know, the job and, and the, the happy time I've had here. And they were great. And they, they gave me a whole year to write me out. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a brilliant
0: uh, storyline, isn't it? It's... I was
1: really, I was, yeah, I was very lucky. I was very, very lucky. And it was great to work with Billy Murray and uh, I, Measure of Billy, you know, just remember that fight scene when my character died and we were rolling around on the floor. I mean, he was doing it so I wouldn't hurt myself on the floor.
0: Bless
1: him. He was looking like he was battering me. He was actually protecting me. And he, you know, he's a great guy. He's a, yeah. a, uh, fantastic. Fantastic. And the crews were great. And the designers were great. And the, the makeup department, amazing, you know, cause you were, you were, you were often having to have a bash on your face. So the speed with which they could work, I've, I've never come across crews that are that, um, fast and skillful since in any TV work I've ever done. You know, the the, the crews on the bill were just uh, world-class at what they did, really.
0: I suppose, was there a conception that you were, misconception that you were, because the, the beach's backstory line continued after you'd left, did people think you were still in it?
1: Claire, used, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, she used to phone me up and say, you're back in the episode. I said, what? And she would always look off into the distance like that and there'd be a a clip of me and <laughs> I would get i get a repeat fee for like twenty quid and I think, oh I'm still in it. You know, so that was that was very nice. I, I I mean I had to let go. I had to let go. So when they killed my character, um there was only one other scene which was a pickup. But I'd let go at that point. And then I just I toured Australia, came back and started doing all the other stuff that i would wanted to do so you know
0: you made a short film didn't you quite quickly i did all
1: sorts i did yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. but again again that was i actually did that while i was in the bill Oh Um, wow! i took a sabbatical if if you're in if you're in the show for three years they give you a bit of time off just to kind of get your head straight uh because they realize the schedule is punishing so um in my (laughs) workaholic in my um (laughs) In my sabbatical, I produced a film. I
0: uh, yeah, Love it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then in the end, the actor who was going to play one of the roles in it was ill. So I ended up having to be in it. So uh, I was just the cheapest I could get. But I, was just, I, was just, I was just exploring with kind of what I wanted to do. And, and in a way, all those little experiences, all your experiences kind of add up. And, and what I'm doing now, I sort of learned doing those kind of side projects. I'm just curious, you know, what's it like to do that? I want to give that a go. So it's it's just that.
0: And uh, what are the uh, dream projects still on the list? What have you still got up your sleeve or but you'd still love to do?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I mean, everyone's rethinking that now because the way we're all going to have to work is changing. So at the minute, what I'm doing is uh, I've been commissioned by some businesses to put together videos for their people just to help them with... The whole communications thing, so this little loft now has turned into a bit of a home studio. I kind of work out well. How does that work? And so, so that's what I'm focusing on now. Is how do I, how do I do my stuff online a bit more? But I, I miss the live thing. But it was always the tension the actors have. You know, do you do you love the theatre or do you love TV? And if you were lucky enough to work, you know, the ideal is a mixture of both. So I think if I can, um, my coaching work. Um, provide stuff online that's worth watching uh, but at the same time I love being in a room with people and kind of unlocking what it is that's that's stopping them from doing the stuff they want to do. At the minute to be honest I'd I just like to be a decent husband and dad I think it's my... Oh. Um, I've got two amazing daughters. Um, I left it a bit late in life before I started that adventure oh. so um, I just love hanging out with them and, and the great thing about the acting Uh, versus the coaching stuff is I've got a bit more control over my time so I've got more time at home and I've got you know this this time doesn't last very long I can't believe how fast they grow and I you know I just want to I don't want to miss that so if I'm still if I'm still kicking around when they're grown up and settled and in about another 10-15 years uh, I might have a go at um, psychopathically arresting people again. Yeah,
0: oh yes, please. <laughs> Selfishly, I'm like young, an honestly. old psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, you, you had a lovely couple of tellies last year, so you're still keeping your hand in. Well, it was. Yeah. I
1: got, I, there's a wonderful uh, program about the mid Staffordshire health crisis called The Cure, and uh, the producer very kindly got in touch with me, and it was filming in Bristol, and there was a role, and she needed someone to do it, and I was near, and I just thought yeah, I can work out a way to fit that in. That was a really lovely project to be involved in. So I was fortunate enough to do that. And um, a lot of stuff gets filmed in Bristol. I think people have realised um, occasionally I'll go back in and I'll save the cost of a rail fare in a hotel. So uh, I'm, I'm a cheap hire.
0: Well, Cardiff's not far away either. I mean, exactly. And casualties yeah.
1: down the road. I've got mates in Casualty. and yeah. Um, yeah. You had
0: a good year in it, didn't you, after the... Build. Oh that
1: was that was like uh, that was good fun yeah. the thing about casualty if you ever get to visit the studio is go and ask to visit the awful room the awful room: I'll tell you why so what happens is in every show of casualty you meet someone you've not seen before and you know like in Star Trek if you don't know the name of the character they're about to get in trouble okay <laughs> and they stick their hand up a tractor or they fall off a building and So every show, they design some prosthetics, like the false arm, so the blood comes out, or a side of someone's head, or a hand that's severed. And they it costs a lot of money to make these prosthetics, and they only use them once. And they go, oh, okay, we might use them for the second or third thing. Let's put them in the awful room. So after two or three years, the awful room is like a scene in a horror film. And when you start working on Casualty, they say, We just like to show you a room, and they open a room, they push you in there, shut the door. You're surrounded by all these body parts. It's horrible. So when I was there, and you stay in a hotel, I didn't live in Bristol at the time. Did you go back to your hotel room, and it was like The Godfather. You'd open all your covers, and there'd be like a head or someone's (laughs) legs, and they'd have hair on the legs. You know, they'd be real. And then when anyone, when anyone on the crew or anything got married, they didn't. Cans on the back of cars, body parts. So that the car would go off and all the local dogs would be going, row, 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 just trying to. It's just horrific. And they never use them again. I've no idea why they store them. But if you go to <laughs> you go to the studios, just say, Can I see the awful one? Oh, you... I
0: love it. I love
1: I it. it. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah it, was great. it was great. Well, at
0: the at the start of your career when you were writing to shows you'd like to be in, yeah. do you have a list now? where if you could make a nice little cameo.
1: Oh, there's nice so show. much good stuff now, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, there's such amazing stuff. I mean, Killing Eve. Oh. What an amazing bit of television that is. There's some amazing stuff. I mean, it seems to me all the action has gone onto Amazon and Netflix now. Um, but, you know, I just... Uh, t- to be honest, I'm just loving what I'm doing. I'm not... Um, i tell you what, I-, I took my daughter to the Edinburgh Festival last year. And there's an amazing show there called Showstoppers. And it's an improvised musical, right? So they say to the audience, give us a title, give us a musical style. And the night we were there, it was uh, a bowling alley in Cleethorpes, bowled over in the style of Jesus Christ Superstar. And the show just, it just starts and the orchestra to blame. These three actresses walked on the stage and started. And then they did a song and a dance routine and the audience stood up as a standing ovation. My daughter was thrilled. That's the only time in like 10 years that I've got the, oh, let me back on the stage. Right. That danger that you'd walk, uh, uh, you know, I'd, my good, I'd have to work my ass off to get, you know, the singing up to that level. Because they were great singers, they were great dancers, but that, that's when, it's just the, it's, it's the, the adrenaline that you'd get every night. And it's just you, an audience and what's in your head and and magic happens that that's that's the stuff that things my bell. i mean if some if someone would be foolish enough to give me the opportunity to do something like that i'd, de- I'd just have to say yes
0: you know oh well they'd be very lucky to have you oh my phenomenal actor oh you're, you're very, really very are. kind of you very
1: kind.
0: i'm so grateful for your time today and oh, I, I hope i hope it pleases you how or where are you that the bill is still being enjoyed all over the world like the work you guys did lives on
1: it's it's heartening to be honest i mean it's occasionally i mean we're all sort of still in touch we're all mates we'll be mates forever um but when you hear that people take it seriously it it is heartening i I remember that um first time i went to sydney in australia uh and i was walking down the docks and someone started chasing me and i thought oh here we go and you know, normally in England, if people recognise you in the bill, they come up and they swear at you, or they go, "Nina, Nina, Nina," or you are on the bill in it." And you get and you think, "Oh, you leave me alone. I'm with my family." You know. Um, so this guy in Australia runs up to me, and I'm thinking, "Oh, here we go." And he just went, "Excuse me, mate. I'd just like to say I loved the episode where you knew that that guy had hit him with a baseball bat, but there was no evidence, and you had a moral dilemma, but you did what was right. It was an intriguing episode. Thank you for your work." Put me on the back and walked off, and I just went, "Wow." You know what? Wow, wow. Wow. So you, you, you do go, Oh wow. Oh wow. Thank you very much. That is an absolute honor that people still get something out of it as a show. And it's really heartening. It's really, really heartening. And I think, uh, I mean, I'm grateful for that. I think, you know, everyone's grateful that it's, it, you, you do something that means something. You know, that's what we all do, isn't it? You know, but I hadn't quite realized that people were still watching it and taking it seriously. And, um, Yeah, it's it's astonishing, isn't it? There's a huge loyalty to it as a show.
0: Could it come back?
1: I think if it came back now, so it wasn't a nostalgia show, it would have to be about what's happening in the police now. So it would be very, very different. It would have to be properly rebooted. But if they would hold on to that original principle that... If you watch this show, you'll either be looking at what a police officer is looking at or feeling what a police officer is feeling. I think that that if you get, you get a good team of writers, good, good cast together, good producers, good directors, I, I think it could be as successful again. But it would have to be about what's happening now, what it means. In, and there's a whole different set of pressures now a whole different world now uh, than it was when we were doing it. And I think in some ways it's of its time, but it's relevant. And so it stays relevant. But the the, the certain certain things are, I think, universally respected and true all the time about the tension between what's right and wrong, relationship between people and conflict, and having a go at telling the truth. That's always relevant. But you have to be – the great thing about the bill is it was – at the time it was made, it was going for what it was like on that day. If you were really doing it, so it was. Uh, they'd have to do that. They'd have to set it now. Uh, I think.
0: Well, uh, Bolton can't come back, but I'd love you to direct. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's a ghost. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Oh. It's not about fair. <laughs> yeah. What's
0: fair? Oh, you're great. Fair? That's it. I'm After dead. You're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The girl I loved was a double agent, and I didn't even find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. you, know, you feel sorry for him when all's said and done. You feel you, you feel sorry for him, don't you? You know, he, 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 I, I don't think he's a bad guy. Do you? He's a he's a flawed, but he's not a
1: he's well. Not it's a bad wh- it's guy, whether it? it's whether you do. It was all about the dilemma, isn't it? You know, do you, are you what you do? That was the question, you know, are you a bad person doing good things or are you a good person doing bad things? If you want to understand that, you've got to know someone. And the great thing about a drama is you get to know characters. And what was great about the bill was you got to know them over a period of time. And we all had a character that you could get to know over a period of time. I mean, my favorite storyline would would be Mark Wingert's um, alcoholism and, and the way he explored that. Through, uh, through Carver was, I just thought, masterful. Um, yeah. And I, I did love all of the Quinnen, uh storyline. I thought Hugh Higginson was amazing in that storyline. And it was great to, you know, the, the nice thing is you get, you get a character over time so you can really investigate them over time. Mm. Th- that's when people really start to identify with you. That, that, you see, that's what you can get in a long running series. You can't in a, a drama because, you know, our lives unfold. And we do what we think's right at the time and then we look back and think, no, that was wrong. And then you, are you gonna fix it or not? And, and you can explore that over a, a, you know, an arc that's taken a couple of years with some characters. And I think, I think that's why people like their series, because you know, the, they like the characters, they care about the characters. I see, I think there's two basic golden rules to acting is you got to make the audience love you and then you got to break their hearts. And if I look at all my favorite actors, they do that. You sort of love them. And then they break your heart and, and, and you go, yeah, me too. I think that's yeah. what acting's for personally. Oh,
0: they, they explored the wonderful legacy of time and it was great. They gave you this opportunity when they brought Chris Ellison back after five years,
1: that was great. Cause he was kind of a legend and he was in the show yeah. before I was. And I was like, okay. Show me who you are then. Everyone's talking about yeah. you. Yeah, And he was like, yeah, everyone's going on about you. I want to check you. So we had that initial.
0: Free song, yeah. Uh,
1: but I'll tell you. Um, so here's a story that I think sums Chris up. Because we actually did an episode of Casualty a couple of years ago together. And they didn't realize that <laughs> two people used to be in the bill. We didn't say <laughs> anything. But um, I remember Chris had been on the show like for a couple of months. And we'd done a couple of apps together. So we'd got to like each other but if I'm completely bluntly honest with you on the bill, what used to happen is because you got like so many scripts every year. So you you were doing like um, in a year, at least 20 to 30 episodes. So in those 30 episodes, you would get two or three masterpieces. You'd read the script and you'd go, thank you that I've got the chance to be in this. And then there would have to be one a year that you'd go, this is terrible. I can't say these lines. It's a cliche, it's stereotyped. Don't it's awful. And everything else was somewhere in between. So with the dogs, as you'd call them, when you'd get them, you'd just go, I'm just getting through this as quick as I can. And and you just, you know, you wouldn't be crap, but you wouldn't give it your best effort. You'd be focusing on the the good script. So we got a particularly bad one. And it was a case of, I think, I don't know what the story was about why it was so bad. Sometimes scripts get regurgitated and they have to do one and the one that they wanted, well, and you just have to film, you have to keep filming. So, so this script came through and I just thought, oh. So I learned it and I turned up to film and I went to Chris, God, it's just awful, isn't it? And he went, what do you mean? And I went, it's just, he said, no, it's not. You ready to rehearse? And I went, okay. And he did it with total conviction. Wow. And I just went, How are you making that sound like that? And then he got the guest actors in, you know, we, we made them feel comfortable. And they said, Let's run the lines. And they hadn't learned the lines because they thought it was a crap script. And when they saw him do that, they went, Oh shit, and they went away. As did I. So when we shot it, total commitment. And then he'd go. We need to change this. How about we shot that from that total commitment? Wow. And, and what he said to me at the end of the day, I just went, I'm, I'm sorry I came on set with that bad attitude. And he said, mate, there's no such thing as a crap script. There's only crap actors. Wow. And I went, do you know what? When that episode went out, it was one of the best episodes that year because it was contagious. So the director started to go, no, this is a good script. The crews did. The lighting guys spent a bit more time on the lighting. They changed some of the script on the go. There was a couple of problems in the storyline. They got the writer back in. But he, is, he, did the, he did the ultimate thing as a leading man, and I think it's your job as an actor. Whether you're in, in, in a show, is there is no such thing as a crap script. There are crap actors. That's it. And if you do everything with commitment, you can transform things. And, and for me, that, that was a massive wake-up call when I saw him do that. And so I think that's something about why Chris in particular, pe- people remember his his episodes because he has that commitment in every single episode. You will never see him dialing it in. No. He turns up and it's the best he's got that day, the best he's got that moment. And that makes it exciting to be around him.
0: Oh, I love that. I mean, Chris Simmons said the same about Simon Rouse. Said in yeah, years. Rousey,
1: Rousey was like that. Go, go, go. Rousey, was, yeah, 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 yeah. Rousey was like, it mattered. It mattered. He cared, and he gave it his best shot. And and that's uh, it's about commitment. It's about commitment. Simon was the the only problem working with Simon was he. has got a really good sense of humor, and if we started laughing, we couldn't film. You know, we'd be. I remember being stuck in in, in it. And especially if you do an interrogation scene, you're in there for two days you're in a room with 20 yeah. other people. If somebody starts laughing, I mean, there was so many times when, you know, we had to leave the room and go for a walk. I used to get in big trouble with Simon. He used to make me laugh so much. Really, really <laughs> naughty, really naughty.
0: How uh, was the, um, the Twanky episode, the Panto episode? Oh, that,
1: that to be honest, I found that, I found that quite painful. Right. Yeah. I mean, I a a lot of us. Some people. I have to say, Billy Murray enjoyed dressing as a woman a little bit too much for my (laughs) (laughs) liking. Yeah. Some people loved it. For me, I mean, it was okay. It was just having a go at doing something new and a bit novel. But it didn't. It didn't ding my bell. What I loved was was uh, uh, I did an episode with Jeff Stewart, which was a Christmas episode that I remember. I mean, we had a really good laugh on that one, and then there was a football one I did with Libby Davidson called a hat trick, oh, yeah. where it was just about a, a, it was about someone as obsessive as Bolton, but running a kids football team, and it was it was absurd. It was an absurdity to it, and it was like when you when you take things too seriously. So I thought that was really funny, but it, they did have a go at the odd comedy moment, didn't they? Yeah. They did. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's
0: a great um, like. Uh, it's it's a simple sort of almost throwaway line, but you haven't got a search warrant. It's you and uh, George Rossi outside a flat.
1: George is fantastic.
0: Oh, it, it's what a lineup! It, like it's just a string of great actors, but yeah, you got okay. you got this line. You're like <laughs> George says, I, I don't want to lose my job. And, he's, uh, and Bolton's like, Look, there's a madman on the on the loose with a knife. Like I want to get him, and you just say. Isn't it shocking how quickly these empty flats get broken into? Bang! <laughs> it's just, I love it. Licence
1: to be naughty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And happy sure.
0: days for you to think back on.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, one of my abiding memories is Jeff Stewart. You might notice that in later episodes, he, he doesn't drive the police cars. Yeah. And, and that's because I did a scene with him where we were supposed to drive up together in a car. We're supposed to get out the car, leave the doors open, go to the suspect and have the chair. It it was on a, it was on a hill with a slight incline. So we drive there, we open the car, get out. And of course, in the background, the car starts to go down the hill. (laughs) And then the whole crew are running down after the car because the doors open, it's a lamppost, rips the door off. So everyone's freaking out and everything. So then we get the thing back together. And so we had to gaffer tape the door back on. (laughs) So this time, Instead of getting out, we had to work out, well, we've got to wind the window down and, and invite them over and do it that way. And and at that point, the director was so pissed off with Jeff. Yeah. made me drive. So then, because Jeff had most of the bunny, they couldn't film him over me and see both in the same shot. So I had to drive the car. He had to get out and go and talk to them on his own. But then... Then Jeff used to like to film in bare feet. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me telling this. He didn't want to wear shoes because you know everyone's got a different, everyone's got a different process. So of course they couldn't do a long shot because he wouldn't put his shoes on. (laughs) It was just like it was insane, insane. So he used to, but um, I mean to, to me Jeff is one of the great. Oh. Actors oh he's were, a genius uh, he yeah, so, yeah so, so good yeah yeah i mean wherever you go if anyone's talking about the bill in the other chat the first thing it says they, they go oh, what's Reg like you know yeah straight away. yeah and he's you know he was incredibly skillful actor incredibly skillful actor but you know parking cars wasn't his thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it well look i i've I could talk to you all day. I've, I've taken up a lot of your time. Well, I'm mate,
1: sorry. goodness, goodness. We've had a good old chat. It's, listen, it's a delight to speak to you. Delight to speak to you. i really fantastic. enjoyed it. Glad, yeah. glad to see you. I had something to do with uh, your family having a good time at some point in your life. Oh,
0: very much so. Uh, it was really special times. Like And like, my mum and dad, I like, tell telling me who I'm interviewing and they're like they're both so excited. I was speaking to you today. Oh, mate. So, yeah, it's,
1: Give them my yeah. love. Can oh
0: I will I will you've, you've had and to, to, to finish what's your message to all the fans of The Bill who will be so delighted that you've done this like what's your message to the, the fans all over I, the world I just
1: want to say thank you you know y- y- you made the show it was about the audience it was about doing something for the audience and uh, thanks for watching that, that's it just thank you for being an audience and for giving us all the opportunity to do to do a show that we loved just thank you